Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 36 of the Andy Campbell Show, live only on Ace Podcast Nation. I am your host, Sai, here, upon Ace Podcast, here at Ace Podcast Nation. We have weekly series on football, boxing, MMA, as well as our adult-only podcast, The Limp and the Boot, or The Boot and the Limp, with stand-up comic, Ballistic Barry Phillips, which takes a light-hearted and X-rated look at the world. Uh, this Friday, in fact, that will be live for the first time ever. Friday, 7 p.m. Uh, on YouTube, Ace, uh, Ace Podcast Nation, Facebook, Periscope as well. Uh, just like this show. And uh, yeah, I will say, if you do join us for that, which I hope you do, great. But uh, it's not for people who don't like swearing, uh, adult content, all that sort of stuff. Not for under 18s, shall we say. But uh, it is very funny and it's a good laugh. So get involved. We've also got regular shows on uh, reg- wrestling, films, TV, mental health, and more, including our two own exclusive and unique series, My Story and Unscripted and Uncensored. My Story is where we take our guests through their life and career bit by bit, and they share memories and anecdotes all- along the way. We've had uh, so far former England cricketer Chris Lewis, former Wales international Reese Weston. And just yesterday, we dropped a new episode with former WBO world champion Robbie Regan. Uh, Unscripted and Uncensored is exactly what it says on the tin, other than all the questions and all the talking points are set by you, the people. I don't do any research, any questions. They're all set by the people. We've had all sorts of people on there from Kev McNaughton, Rodri Giggs, Welsh boxer Cody Davis, uh, UFC stars, Jack Shaw, Brett Johns. Modesta Spukakash, which I'm sure isn't that's not how you pronounce his name, but still, he'll forgive me. Um, you can find all these series and shows at video format, youtube.com slash ace podcast nation. And uh, the audio is always always available at Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and about two million other podcasting apps. We are back, we are live. And you will see that Kevin McNaughton has turned ginger and lost his beard. The gold collector is back. 
With that said, let me give him a proper introduction. My co-host, my friend, former Premier League and Championship player, Cardiff City legend, Middlesbrough hometown boy, Fox in the Box, Speed Demon, Davy Jones' favourite son, and still, still, the king of the Millennium Stadium, the goal collector, Mr. Andy Campbell. Welcome, my friend. How are you? I am very well, mate. I've missed you. I've missed you. It's uh, It's been a long couple of weeks. Yeah, long I was going to say, you haven't, had the intro- you haven't had an introduction like that for a couple of weeks, have you? No, no, I've missed that introduction. No, just had the plain old getting shouted at and getting under people's feet at all. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, Super Kev has been stepping in. He's stepped in yeah. for you the last couple of weeks. He's yeah. uh, done, a, done it a great service. And he's coming back next week uh, yeah. for people who do miss him. He's coming back next week to join me and you. Uh, mm-hmm. And you've been away on top secret assignment. Yeah. So, uh, why didn't bit you just biz- tell people where you've bit, been? Bit of business. Um, well, uh, whoa, what what we on? So we on the 12th. So on the 1st. It's not a joke, by the way. So on the 1st of April, uh, where are we? This little cherub came into the world. Elsie, mm-hmm. baby Elsie. So she was born on the 1st. She was born on the 1st of April. So she's our little guest appearance for, uh, where are we? Guest appearance for her first couple of minutes before she goes back with her mum uh, and hopefully sleeps for the next uh, 12 hours, but won't. But no, it's, uh, it's everyone's well. She's well. She's tiny. She was only born at four pounds, four pound fourteen, thirteen. Sorry, and she's just gone to five pound now. So she's absolutely minute, but she's lovely, adorable, bless her. So, congratulations, obviously. Thank uh, you. But also, uh, my wife will tell you, and my kids. I I cannot keep a secret for shit. I'm terrible. <laughs> I cannot keep a secret. I. I just it's impossible for me because what I tried to do is I tried to be too clever and I tried to give like little hints which I think oh they won't get that and then it just end up giving it away like so I literally yeah. haven't said anything I've mentioned it just said he's away in assignment that's it that's it I'm not saying anything yeah it's been a been a busy couple um, of weeks so just, trying to, just trying to get into a trying to get into a routine's been the, probably the hardest thing for me but yeah I'm back 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 so. <laughs> Just read so some of your messages. Already got some. Uh, Thank you. Go Thank on. you for some of your messages. I'm reading some of the messages now on on there on there. Some cheeky ones as well. So I'll uh, I'll, for, I'll forgive I'll forgive a few of my friends who were writing uh, some horrible comments on there now. <coughs> Johnny Wish <laughs> says, "Don't drop the baby." No, nearly. Uh, Kelly, Kelly says, "Congratulations." Christine yeah. says, "Congratulations." Martin says, "Congratulations." Steve Todd says, "More hair than you, Andy." Pot kettle black. That's all I'll say. Jamie says, congratulations, Top Shagger. Um, <laughs> trying to catch up the kids. Did I miss any? I know. Did I miss anyone else? Uh, no, I think that's everyone. I think if I left anyone out. Oh, Christian said, bonjour. Bonjour. Indeed. Barry Phillips, ready for Friday's live show. The man himself. And he says, congratulations. And uh, yeah, so Barry is uh, the, the podcast I was just to, talking look, about. Looking forward to Friday. Yeah, Friday will, Friday will keep me busy. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. And uh, yeah, Ian says matching t-shirts. Leslie, welcome. And Steve Todd. Steve Todd said we're not friends. He's talking <laughs> to you, me and Steve. <laughs> me and Steve are top friends. <laughs> uh, 
but uh, yeah, so you know, they, for what I what I didn't want to do today was I feel like for the last six weeks, every time we've opened a show, I've gone on like a big long rant about the Premier League and the EFL and the Scottish yeah. Premier League as it goes. Yeah, um, being basically money grabbing so and sos. Mm-hmm. Who just want to prolong the football season at any cost? Yeah. Um, so I didn't want to do that, but it's difficult. Alan Jones in the uh, in the chat says, "All right, welcome, it's my ha- friend." Um, ha- hard to get away not from. To rant about it. Hard to get away from a side at the minute with uh, with what's going on. You know what I mean? A local paper this morning is uh, is is got EFL statements coming out of his backside saying that. Um, that it's going to be going to be back on, um, and they're going to get the season done in fifty six days, and, that, and that, including the playoffs. I just I, the the problem I've got, side. You know what I mean? I, I'm the same as you. I'm, I'm sick of talking about it. And I'm sick of ranting about it because I believe that somebody should have made this decision, decision and took it out of everybody's hands. For me now, it's gone FIFA. on too. For me, I totally agree. For me, for me now, it's gone on too long. Um, we've got we've got a, a, a couple of issues. We've got the, the the fitness issue where boys are going to have to do a pre season again. Which is going to be so strange. It's going to be scary. And then they're going to have um, a season, not really finishing a season before going into another season. So there's your there's your first issue. And then for me, the biggest one, which I can't I can't see a a, 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 a resolution, is contracts. So your contract finished on the thirty first of June, and you sign for another team on July the first. The season is going to overlap those things. So if you if you change if you change the contracts and the FA change all the contracts, which is fine, okay, that's fine. The issue I've got is, will the club um, see out a new contract if a player gets a serious injury? So will he will he will they still keep a four year contract if the player is injured for the full for, for a full year? If you've just signed for a new team, my guess is no. You know what I mean? And and, and these no. these players these these players this could be their their. Their insurance, their 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 retirement money, their final swan song at a, at a, at a really good contract. You know what I mean? One final contract. You know what I mean? And I, I I can't see I can't see a way around that. I honestly can't. So what about this then, right? Um, like we're we're we we're, we're past well, we're coming up to mid-April. Mm-hmm. If uh, some players' contracts will run out in June, July, um, and yeah. they'll be out of contract. Yeah. So if the season's still being played. Clubs will want to extend those contracts, even if it's just a short-term contract. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they might give them like a three-month contract just to finish the season with you know with the team they've played all season with. Yeah, fair enough. You know, in, in itself, that seems fair enough. But mm. if those players get injured, they're not gonna. Uh, one, if they get a serious injury, they can't go to another club and their contract finishes, so they lose all. Uh, leverage everything, which is the point of running your contract down. But also, the clubs are not going to pay for their. You know, some clubs might pay for their medical care, medical care, etc. Not all. They won't be obliged to, because they'll have. You know, their contracts will be over. And what happens if they players don't want to sign uh, an extra three month contract for that exact reason? So yeah. halfway through the fifty six days. Their contracts run out, and clubs lose four players. Well, what do they do? All, all, the, all, the, all the lads who've already signed pre pre contract agreements, 
um, let's say let's say Middlesbrough player, for example, is signed for Leeds United. Let's just use that as an example. Uh, and if that's happened, then does this player play for Leeds United from July the first because his contract starts on July the first, or does he finish the season? It's it's for me. It's it, it, we're opening a, a huge can of worms, and I just I, I can't I can't see around it because you know I mean these, these players have have been quite loyal to clubs and. Uh, will the clubs be loyal to the players? And I'm guessing, my guess is no. They're just they're just using them for what they can get. And you know what I mean. And it, for me, it's I don't know. It's it's selfish for me. And I had the whole thing selfish. Is the whole thing to 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 look after those those sides who were um, who were trying to get promoted, trying to get promotion? Because for me, if English football is is finishing, I don't think that. Then all the steps for me have got to finish. And that's sort of they've stopped non-league football last week. So why not why not why not finish the whole season and them in fifty six days? Because you've got more chance to finish non league football in fifty six days than you have professional football. Yep. Um, the one thing I would say, um, I believe that the reason they want to finish the season so desperately has absolutely nothing to do with, uh, for instance, let's say West Brom getting promoted to the Premier League or Leeds getting promoted to the Premier League. Mm-hmm. What well, it matters. What they care about is they care about their TV money. They've got to, they've got to complete a certain amount of games. They've probably got to complete the whole season to get the yeah, full chunk. Of it. And yeah. um, you know, I'm not going to go on another Liverpool rant, but my my point or my point of view, because it is only my point of view, but I do believe that if Man City were top of the league, the season would have already finished. But because it's Liverpool and because they're so far ahead and because they haven't won the league for 2.5 billion years, they, they're they doing everything they can, rightly or wrongly, in my opinion, wrongly, to, to make sure they win the league. Now, that straight away is in itself is a problem that you're treating teams differently on who they are rather than the situation... It should be Sorry. based completely on the situation, mate, and it's, yeah. it doesn't feel like it is. Sai, everyone on here knows, knows, knows my knows my stance, and my stance never really changed. My, I I wanted the football season to finish. I really did. I wanted it to finish, but we've it's gone on so long now. I, you know what I mean? That 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 for me, time's just run out. It's just you know what I mean? It's it's run out, and and we're talking about injuries now, but then we're asking players to play so many games in a short space of time. So then they've got more like they've got they're more likely to get injured, you know what I mean? So I, it just doesn't seem feasible enough for me because players players have not gone back training yet. We're still in lockdown, you know what I mean? So and and then and then on top of it, it's going to be all played behind closed doors anyway. So supporters are getting shafted anyway. So it's not it's not about the supporters. It's it's what's it about? It's I've said all along, football is not a game without supporters. It's not it's 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 nothing, and you know what I mean? It. I, I struggled at times uh, during during when I played about uh, when when I'd have to play reserve games because you're playing behind closed doors basically. You know, there's nobody there and it's yourself motivating yourself uh, to get through a 90 minute game of football and it's so difficult and so hard. It's just it's just scary. So um, Jamie, <clears throat> who uh, does our films and TV show with us as well, little plug for that. The podcast with no name. Um, he says, can FIFA just not allow players to be registered with them, etc.? Uh, maybe Andy could tell us the ins and outs for transfer. Um, I'm assuming he means in terms of the contracts finishing and ending and 
like they could, any clashes with they that. could they could own they could own every single player if they wanted to who was out of contract and see and but then there's a minefield because if 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 teams um change the goalpost with a contract and decide against it and they don't want to sign the person when it comes to you know what i mean if someone gets a really bad injury or uh Let's say let's say someone gets sent off in this in, in in July. You get sent off in July for a, a three game ban. Your band, it's it's just a, it's just we're opening a we're opening a can of worms again. You know what I mean? For me, a transfer is dead easy. So for me, when your contract runs out and, and it's, it's happened to me a couple of times, so you, there's there's players from from January the first who've known they're going to leave the club and have signed a pre contract agreement with another club, and their contract begins on July the first. So on July the first, they'll be. Probably about five hundred footballers in in the country or in the world who will come to England or be in England on July the first, starting their new contract, and that would normally be pre-season. But now it's not going to be mm. pre-season; it's going to be towards the end of the season. So, what happens to those players? Uh, do they stay at the, at, the, at the previous club? Do they join the club and not allowed to play? Are, are, they, are, they, are they going to refuse to play for the club who they're, they're currently playing for? But the it's just. Do you know what I mean? I, I've, I've tried to give an example and talk to people on, on how I would do it because if if I was if I was at a football club now and I'd been there for four years and I'd signed a pre-contract pre-contract agreement at another club on July the first, would I want to jeopardise that move for another two, three, four years and a big signing on fee and big wages because they haven't had to pay a transfer fee for me um, for nine games left of the season? Would I want to do that? And I think you've got to be honest with yourself and say no, because you're risking nine games for four years worth of money and security for yourself, for your family. And it's a big, it's a big ask, regardless how much you love a football club and, and say, you've, say, say you've played there for so many years, because it's players' futures, it's players' livelihoods, it's players' health, fitness, financial. There's too many, too many things to put in a pot to just ignore these, these, these factors. And You know what I mean? If they said, we're going to finish the season in 25 days, and it finishes on on June the thirty first. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But it's not. Yeah. It's, impos it's impossible. They can't do that. It's so, just too many days. So I said all along that um, if they can finish the season and the players still get a decent break, not maybe even if it's only like two three week break, and then start next season on time, then fantastic. Yeah. But. There's got to be a certain amount. There's got to be certain conditions to that situation. Mm. All the players have got to agree to it. All the players have got to be safe in terms of get and staff getting to and from games and being at the games and all this and that and the other. If there's one player in any of those leagues who says, I'm not comfortable and I don't want to risk my health, then in my opinion, that's it. Mm. Because... You have to have a fair situation. Yeah. So, whether oh, so it's I, one I, player or 20 players, if, if any of those players are not comfortable because they don't feel safe, just like you or me or anyone else and you know people watching, if they didn't feel safe, and I exclude NHS workers from this particular example, but anyone, like, if you didn't feel safe because you were going to work and you felt like your employer was putting you at risk, by being reckless, etc., then you wouldn't do it because you'd want to protect your family and blah 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 blah, just like these footballers do. So um, I think I, I, I think I think people are missing our point, though. Basically, I, I, 
we want we want the football season finished. You know what I mean? That is our, yeah. that we want it finished, but we want it finished uh, for me at, at, at a reasonable time, a safe environment for everybody. I want supporters there because let's say Liverpool win the league, they're going to win the league. Yeah, they're going to win the league. So Liverpool are going to win the league at Anfield in front of no fans. How bad? As a player, as a player, are you? Do you want that? If there's any, is there, if there's any players out here, full time, part time, you tell me. Would you want to win a title in front of no fans? And how would you feel about it? It's just, you know, what I mean, you want to, you want to do it correctly. You want to do it in front of fifty, sixty thousand fans celebrating with everybody. It's just, it's going to be the biggest anti climax ever. You know what I mean? We're not. We're not putting the damper on things. We don't. We're not. We're not anti football, anti Premier League, anti EFL. You know what I mean? We're for me. I, I want the season done, but I want it done fairly. I want it done fairly for everybody, safe, fairly. Um, and but I, I, I just think I think I think basically we're running. We are we're massively running out of time. And you said there, Si, about um, about players having a week or two off after. It's it's guaranteed that players won't get that because now clubs will see this now as a break. Yes, they haven't been on holiday. Yeah. Yes, they haven't been away. But you finish the season, uh, let's say on um, July the fifteenth, say, and they're back. To, they're back training on um, August the first. You know what I mean? There's, 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 there's it's, it, it's going to be impossible to get away. B. Some clubs will. Some clubs will have them in training anyway because the lads who haven't played will want to get up to fitness anyway before they go back to be ahead of themselves. Some lads will want to tick over. There'll be games. It's just it's. It, but you know, this got... is a break. Yeah. So sorry to interrupt you, Mitch. So this is a, no, no. It's technically we're having a break. Yeah, we're having four, yeah. five, six, seven. <clears throat> probably end up being a year's break. However, it's not a mental break for these no. top level players no, because no, no. they've been told by their managers. I know for a fact because I spoke to one of them last week that they've been told to be ready to return to training. Tomorrow, if necessary. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So they've all got personal training plans. They've all they yeah. all have to go about their business. They're not allowed to go drink. You know, not go drink. If they're not supposed to be drinking, they're not supposed to be doing the things that they would do in that summer break. In the summer, yeah. Now, it's not just about uh, a physical break. It's about a mental break as well. Yeah. Um, I just, oh, well, I just want to. I kept that comment on there. Um, because it's something I wanted to address because a lot of people have said it to me a lot. Um, I've, I've made no like secret of the fact that I'm no Liverpool fan. However, as I've said numerous times, I came to, the, like, I came to terms with the fact that Liverpool were going to win the league about six months ago. Yeah. Like at Christmas time, I was already over it. Do I want them to win the league? No. Will I find it a little bit funny? They finally got to a position where... You know, they could win it and then they end up like something ridiculous happens, like a global pandemic and they can't. Yeah, like the dark side of my sense of humour will find it funny, but only for a little while because ultimately I'm more concerned with the thousands, millions of people in, in the, on the planet who've already died from this virus mm. and football doesn't really matter to me about. Like, I don't really care if Liverpool win the league. I'd mm. rather we stop people dying. Mm. Um and that's that. That's the ultimately when we discuss it all, and that's what it all comes down to. To me, FIFA should have stepped in probably two weeks ago and said, "Right, 
that over a million people have died globally from this virus. Football mm. doesn't matter. We're going to spin it, and hopefully we're going to start in September. But mm. whenever we do start, we will give teams a proper preseason to prepare, um, and we'll open. And we're going to open the transfer window from now to make sure teams can have got enough time to sort their, you know, their yeah, squads well, and everything out. Uh, well, I look at. <sighs> I look at with 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 I know I know we can't fly and it's 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 a similar thing but I, Champions League Europa League gets cancelled so what's the difference there's no there's no difference in those in those being cancelled than there is um all the leagues being open because as long as as long as all the countries aren't in lockdown and they're all and they're all able to because the people if people aren't in lockdown anymore, then I'm guessing people are going to travel. So you're going to go on holiday. People are going to go away and they're going to travel to different countries. They're going to come home from where they, where they are. And the people are doing that, then people can travel. If that's behind closed doors football, then all you're asking is for 30 people to travel on a plane like you would on a holiday anyway. So they could still finish the Europa League and the Champions League because you look at how fair, how fair is it on Man City? Man City had a chance to win the Champions League this year. They're not in Europe, yeah. allegedly, for the next couple of seasons due to, due to what happened. So... That doesn't make sense, but it's it's all right for one team to still be in a, an opportunity to win something, but it's not all right for another. I just it doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't sit right with me. And I, I'm I, I want to be fair across the board, and it just doesn't seem fair. You know what I mean? I'm I want Leeds to get promoted. They deserve to. I want West Brom to get promoted because I think they deserve to. I want Cardiff City to get in the playoffs. I want them to give them the opportunity to get in the playoffs. It's a season finished now. They can't. So I want them to have a chance to get in the playoffs. I want Middlesbrough to stay up. If the, if the league got cancelled, they'd stay up. But I don't want that. I want to be sure that they can stay up because they, they deserve to stay up because they're good enough to stay up. And I want to be sure the football world that they're good enough to stay, to stay up instead of people slagging the manager off and, and people saying the players aren't good enough and the youngsters aren't good enough. I want them to do it the right way. But the only way we can do that is by doing it in the correct manner uh, with the season finishing, the time that it should finish. Uh, but I just think we've run out of time and that's just my own opinion. And that's not me being anti-anybody. I've just I've just given loads of positives on clubs who I think deserve to do stuff. Liverpool deserve to win the league and they will win the league, but they can only win it if they earn it and they get enough points and they finish the whole season. That's the only way it can happen. Yeah, spot on, mate. Um, just to say to everyone who's commenting, I really appreciate all your comments and everything. Um, comments are quite... I'm kind of struggling, struggling to keep up with them all from the three platforms. So if I do miss you out, I'm apolo- I apologise. I'm going to try and, I'll try and get to them all. Um, I just wanted to say, uh, so Kelly uh, put a comment in. I wanted to read that. She works for um, a pharmacy, so she's quite clued in to what's going on and everything. Um, Obviously still working. She's a key worker. Uh, She said, unfortunately, there's no way they can finish the season. Deaths are increasing day by day. Where We've even had more deaths in a single day than Spain and Italy. Uh, I truly think that the right thing to do is call the season null and void. It's the humane thing to do. And I think that's what it comes down to, mm. is football does not matter in the yeah. current climate. Now, do I feel sorry for Liverpool fans? Yes. Do I feel sorry for Leeds fans? Yes. Do I feel sorry for Cardiff City fans like myself? Absolutely. Do I feel sorry for Aston Villa, who are going to stay up when they may have gone down? Do I feel sorry for Sheffield United, who could have got a Champions League spot? Absolutely. But ultimately, it does not matter. It's a but- sport... Yes, it's, you know. it's, second, it's secondary, isn't it? You know what I mean? It, this is something that we love, you know what I mean? But when I, when I say love, we love our families and our friends more. We love yep. the, in, the interaction with people, you know what I mean? There's, there's, 
there's something about going to a football game and um, interacting with people than sat at home watching it on TV because it's, if football grounds are shut, I'm guessing pubs are going to be shut. So you're going to be watching your team at home in your own house on your own. It's just going to be not the same as... It's just going to be the most surreal thing. It's going to be probably worse than what we're the position we're in at the minute. It's going to be probably worse than lockdown because you're going to be climbing the walls. You know what I mean? And there's going to be no atmosphere. You're going to be frustrated. It's just going to be... It's going to be so difficult for everybody, including the players, including the players, by the way. And that's not, you know what I mean? I've, um, I've said it all along. Yeah. Um, spot, I need to give a little shout out as well uh, to Tom Lockwood. Uh, he's uh, got a Facebook page, Trainers Reborn, uh, which is Trainer Re- Restoration Service. Uh, he's a, a viewer of the show. And a, a listener, and uh, I just wanted to give his uh, check out his Facebook page. Trainers Reborn uh, does trainers restoration. Uh, yeah, so thanks for watching, uh, Tom, and I appreciate your support as usual to everyone. Um, so Mark Worrell there says, uh, as a Villa fan, I'm happy not to finish the season. We then get to stay up. Yeah, and you know there is a lot of uh, teams who will benefit from the season being null and void. Um, you know, Manchester United fans, Manchester City fans, Everton fans will be thrilled that Liverpool don't win the league. Mm. But Man United are going, you know, trying to get back in the Champions League. So it doesn't really suit them to have another season outside the Champions League. You know, they lose a lot of money. Um, you've got Cardiff could still get promoted. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of connotations and, and ramifications. But ultimately, it doesn't matter. Um, Gaz says Simon hates Scousers. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Simon uh, is our friend. He hates Scousers. Um, also, I wanted to, just before we kind of go off this subject, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, all the NHS workers, the key workers, the people who are still getting up and going to work, um, putting themselves at risk, putting their families at risk, staying away from their families, isolating from their families. Um, I know people personally who've who are not seeing you know their loved ones because their loved ones are ill and they're not seeing them whatsoever because they're petrified of you know inf- infecting them and stuff so a shout out to all the nhs workers all the the pharmacy workers the the police the you know everyone who's still having to go to work i completely you know we commend you and uh we love you all because without yeah. you we really would be uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. up the creek yeah totally agree uh, Danny Reese says football without fans is rubbish, shall we say? Bang on. Um, Bang on. I think as I said, we've never, you know, I mean, we, we've all we've all been, um, we've all we all complain about when 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 supporters don't turn up in the draws when when attendances are down. So it's just, I, I, it's not something that I want to I want to even think about or condone because football without supporters for me is is just not the game that I fell in love with. It was, you know, what I mean, I I always loved entertaining people and people creating the atmosphere which I thrived on and and, and, and it, even as a supporter you know what I mean when you walk into a stadium and there's a good atmosphere it's just you enjoy the game it, the game just flows and it's something about it and you know what I mean I, when I've watched I've watched champ, the, some of the Champions League games or Europa League games behind closed doors when there's been uh, racism or trouble and it's just just the most horrific things in the world there's no atmosphere there's there's nothing there and I, I, I me personally I don't want that to happen yeah, there was someone, uh, I've lost it now, but I've lost the comment. He basically said there was a Leeds fan on Talk Sport 
uh, earlier this week who said he got loads of grief because he said he didn't want to get promoted. That was my no fan, you know, if the fans couldn't be in the stadium. Yeah, Mully said there, he said, yeah, I thought I'd listening to a Leeds fan and talk sport last week, getting grief because he didn't want to see Leeds get promoted with no, no fans in the ground. And uh, and that's the thing, I mean, Leeds, Leeds fans have been, similar to Liverpool fans, they've been starved for so many years. They've got an opportunity to see their team be so successful that they want to see, you know, I mean, the next time the Leeds, the Leeds fans could be in the ground is to watch their team get relegated. Well, that's not what they want. They don't want to, they want to remember. No. Been in the ground the day that Leeds got promoted. Do you know what I mean, at the minute, the last thing they remember um, at the end of the season is, is is last season's playoff shambles against Derby County, and that's not what they want to remember. On. They want to remember this season getting promoted at Ellen Road against whoever that may be, or, on, or lifting the lifting um, the trophy in front of their fans. That's what they want to do, that, 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 and they have their every right to do that. Yeah, spot on, mate. Uh, let's, so me and Leslie have been going back and forth over the last couple of weeks regarding this issue. Uh, so I just wanted to say, he says, what would you? What are you guys going to say when the season is played behind closed doors? One, I will say it's a mistake yeah. uh, for the health and safety of the players and staff. Two, uh, I think it's a money-grabbing thing, which I've said all the way along. And three, I will say congratulations to the teams getting promoted, winning the league, et cetera, et cetera. It's never been about, for me, uh, about trying to stop X, Y and Z from, from achieving their, you know, their uh, opportunities. It's, it's about what's the best for the country, for the people, for, you know, for the safety of these players. And that's what I really care about. Uh, OK. And Leslie just said, no, you'll say that I was right all along. <laughs> but but that, I never not, said it's... you were wrong. It's not our decision, is it? It's, this isn't our decision. If if, if the league no. decides to play the league, like it sounds like they're going to, and it's going to be played behind closed doors, then it's it's out of everyone's hands. My 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 argument is yeah. it's going to be for me. It's going to be boring as boring as anything, and it's not something that I'm looking forward to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, John uh, Alan Jones says, uh, "Can you? How can you award a tr- trophy to a team with a quarter of a season left to play? If it wasn't Liverpool and if Man City were top." They, what would would there be a fuss? And I said that a few minutes ago, didn't I? That I feel like if Man City were top now and they were the ones twenty points ahead or whatever it is, that they probably would avoid the season. I do feel like they're bending over backwards a bit for Liverpool, but it is where it is. Um, okay, so okie dokie. See, just going to quickly flick through the comments, um, guys. If you can, whatever platform you're watching, whether it's uh, Periscope, Facebook, YouTube. If you can give like a thumbs up or a like and you can share the video, encourage people to, you know, to join, spread the word. Um, also, you can send questions in uh, for us to ask. Um, so Alan Jones asked, or Di actually, Di Ellen, who asked Alan, uh, who asked Super Kev the question about the fire extinguisher last week. Uh, for those who missed it, you could check out the clip on uh, our social media and you could see the look of worry that has come across <laughs> Andy's face already because he knows uh, that Di is the Aussie and I, he knows things. Uh, and, and, I'm um, getting, and, I'm, and I'm getting text messages as we speak from uh, from a certain Alan Jones who's, who's sat with Di as we speak. Yeah, same as me. <laughs> so I, I missed it in the live chat and he was te- so he's been texting me, telling me to ask it. But um, so basically, last week, uh, Di asked a question in the live chat up to Kev uh, about an incident on a pre-season tour which involved a fire extinguisher and Tom Heaton and Kev just kind of went white 
Um, and then he had a big swig of his beer. And to be fair, he shared the story. He was, you know, he was, he was funny, real funny. Um, what was what I found funniest about it was when he admitted, you know, it was him. At the time, he said it wasn't him, and Tom Heaton got the blame, <laughs> which yeah, I well. was hysterical. But yeah, the clip, the clip is on uh, is on social media for those to see. Full show is obviously there as well. Uh, let's have a look. What's the question? Uh, did uh, sorry, uh, did Andy? Uh, did Andy or his brother play for Nunthorpe Athletic? Is one of the questions. Uh, I went to Nunthorpe School. I my brother played for Nunthorpe Athletic. I I played uh, I played for Martin Juniors, but I went to Nunthorpe School. It's like this uh, is your life. Another question, but I can't this find is, it. But this is your I life. Know, um, is it, it was is another it, question. Is, I'll try and dig it, out the other question now. Is it the one about my, not being having it a is. shirt? Not having a shirt for my debut. Yeah, something about your shirt on your debut. Yeah, that was yeah, it. Yeah, so when but um, I don't know what the question was. Uh, when we played uh, Liverpool away, so I'd, I'd made my debut on Good Friday the week before um, against Sheffield Wednesday um, in the Premier League, and then we went to Anfield um, to play Liverpool, and um, obviously the, it was the biggest kept secret in the world because uh, I went there thinking that I was I was doing all the jobs with the kit man and packing the boots and doing the dinners on the way there and on the way back and. Uh, and even the manager hadn't told the kit man that that the, that, that was planning on being started. So um, what no. happened? That, so what happened? That Brian Robson um, took his shirt, um, took his shirt out to the fans outside of Anfield and swapped it for a blank shirt for the same, obviously the same away kit that we, we were going to wear at three o'clock. And and I got a blank shirt to wear. I mean, it was it was just the most surreal thing in the world because. Um, and I've, I've I've watched the video and the game over because it was Ian Rush's last game, so we gave Ian, Ian Rush a guard of honour. And obviously, everyone's got the names on the back of the shirt, uh, apart from obviously this number here and me being a me looking like an idiot with a. I look like a, I, look, I look like I've just like just escaped on the pitch. I was just like just ran off the touchline. So it's uh, yeah, I've, I've still got the shirt now. I still haven't put my name on the back, so it's uh, it's just a, a nice thing to keep and uh, and a story which uh, which lives with me forever, really. Quality, uh, Mr. Reese Weston in the live good chat, looking good. good evening, chap, he says, "Good evening, mate." Yes, indeed. He check. Um, you can check out my story, episode number two, with Reese Weston. Was a fantastic show. He had. Uh, he's a very, very charismatic gentleman. He's all, right, he's all right. Another one. He's all right. Yeah, he's another one who's uh, not not a fan of Dave Jones, but uh, hey. you'll have to watch the show to, to find out why. He's very honest. Indeed. But uh, Super Kev, he really liked Dave Jones. So yeah, yeah, it's that's like it's opinions, isn't it? You know what I mean? It, 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 football yeah, is of course. Football, football is. Is I'm only playing football's opinions. I don't like Kev, either. and also Kev, Kev, Kev was playing week in, week out as well. So it's like <laughs> Dave Jones you know. didn't sell Kev. There you go. Yeah, he didn't never dropped him either, he? <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, no, no, he was uh, you know, he's a good show. I enjoyed the show with Reese. Johnny Wish there making a little. See, he, he saw the Reese comment. He was straight in, straight in. Loves it. Reese Weston in the live chat for the best football podcast in the business. Well, that's very kind of you, young man. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I appreciate all the kind words which people have uh, sent in over the last few weeks. Uh, so another another interesting story of the week: Tottenham Hotspur became the latest team mm. to reverse their furlough decision. For non-playing staff, yeah. So obviously, this, just uh, this goes on 
uh, from the story, I think it was last week, maybe the week before, uh, where Liverpool announced they were furloughing a load of staff and they were going to yeah. use the government grant of 80%. And there I was. I was ready. I had all my notes. I was ready to unleash a massive rant. And literally two minutes before we went live, I had a text saying they've reversed the decision. So I never got to do that rant. Uh, let's be honest. The only reason Tottenham, Liverpool, etc., reversed their decision. Well, there's two reasons. One is they got slated by their own fans. Yeah. And two, you had teams like uh, Man City, Man United, Everton, etc., who are not only going out of their way to put a West Ham, I think was one of them as well, uh, who are their managers and players have taken a pay cut with the agreement being that the different, the money they make from the cut wages for the players and staff goes to the full-time staff who, you know, in the offices and the, the tickets and stuff. Um, and I think it was Manchester United who made an arrangement to also play the, the day, like the match day staff who only, you know, only work there, you know, like stewards and people like this and ticket sales, which I think, again, is fantastic. That's what football clubs of that size, they should be doing. Now, clubs in League Two, non-league, the clubs which are genuinely at risk, they're the ones who should be using this grant and furloughing staff to do it, not teams like Tottenham. Now, yeah, not teams like Tottenham, Liverpool and such. I think it's embarrassing, to be honest. Daniel Levy, though, isn't it, I suppose. I don't think... I don't think any Premier League side who, who, who's who's on Premier League money, TV money, or parachute payments should be allowed to do it, side because it's a it's the, the the revenues they've got revenue. So how how on earth can the you know what I mean? It doesn't sit right with me anyway. You know what I mean? If if somebody can't afford to pay a workforce, it's the full workforce across the board. It's not uh, I won't pay a cleaner who's on X amount of money, but I'll pay a centre forward who's on. Yeah, two hundred thousand pound a week. You can't pick and choose who you do it to. You know what I mean? It's either, you know what I mean? Because the players aren't the players aren't working now. Regardless of what people say, yes, they're training at home, but they're not working. You know what I mean? They're not. They're, they're not playing. They're not playing games, so they're not. You know what I mean? So you can't really say, oh, well, the players the players have to get paid because they're, because they're working. Well, no, because um, the chief executive and um, some people who run in the club, the clubs sometimes, you know what I mean, is still getting operated, even if the club's not open. You know what I mean? So there's still things getting done behind behind closed doors, and if people are getting furloughed left, right, and centre, then football's not football can't just start again when 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 EFL, the EFL won it as well. Because if people have been furloughed for three months, then they've got every right to say, "I'm not working until we get paid." Reese Weston, sorry to just veer off. Reese Weston just said, uh, Andy Campbell, my, do my daughter has just pointed to you on the screen and said, There's Daddy. <laughs> wow. Worrying. Big Daddy, Big Daddy Campbell. <laughs> Big Daddy uh, Campbell. I always thought Reese was a good one. That'd be super fair. Kev. So fair play. Fair mm -hmm. play. Su super Kev is, is, is spreading. Um, he is. What else we got? Uh, Jamie, Jamie says Daniel Levy is a so-and-so. F him. Gaz Cubbins says... Gaz Cubbins says Levy is a skin flint. He says... I'm going to pull that one up on the screen because it's a bit longer. Uh, Tottenham are genuinely in trouble, though. They owe nearly £700 million for the stadium and nearly £200 million in transfer fees. Um, which is a good point. Just because they're a massive club doesn't mean that they're not necessarily in trouble but 
my argument would be that uh, if they were genuinely, genuinely in trouble, they could sell Harry, Harry Kane for 150 yeah. million. Totally. Um, they could also come to an arrangement for the transfer fees. And I'm pretty sure that mm. whoever they owe money to the stadium for would accept some sort of restructuring of the deal but to side, make sure side. they get them if, 700 million. If there's, if there's nine games left of the season, for, for example, um, then the maximum games that Spurs can have at home is five, right? Let's say there's five games. How much money are they going to make with them five games? Yeah, because they ain't making all, 700 million. Because already, already season tickets have already been sold out. So what kind of money are they, are they, are they, are they really think, are they really going to say that they're going to make 100 million pound off every game? It isn't going to happen. It ain't gonna happen. So they're just, they're just. It's just an excuse now. And Daniel Levy is is just trying to find ways of cutting corners and saving money. And that's just the way that he's done it for years, though. Spot but on, I say, I say, spot see, on. I, um, I, I thought that was Leslie a makes well. a fantastic uh, point there. Yeah, I uh, so I'm just going to read it for the audio listeners because um, obviously people listen to it after the after it's gone out live. So uh, for the audio listeners, uh, the people at the back. Uh, Neville, uh, Neville made a very good point. Anyone in using uh, the furlough to pay staff, uh, they should ban from signing players. I think that's spot on. Um, and you'll soon see uh, the big clubs find the money to pay their all staff. Um, uh, uh, Alan Jones also said, show the T-shirt that you're wearing. I'm showing him it. He keeps texting me. Keep doing it. Where am I? Oh, you've got to stand up higher, look. Away day apparel. There we indeed. go. Um, and uh, and that takes us perfectly into today's show, brought to you by Away Day Apparel. Away Day Apparel, fast becoming the brand on the casual scene. If you check out their website, www.awaydayapparel.co.uk, uh, you can follow them on Twitter at Away Day Apparel. And uh, Instagram at away day underscore apparel, Facebook.com away day apparel. They uh, got some outstanding clobber and uh, some big things happening for the brand despite a global pandemic. It might slow down the uh, the momentum, but it will not stop it. And uh, especially for viewers, listeners of Ace Podcast Nation, supporters of Ace Podcast Nation, if you go to place your order as normal, Buy some T-shirts, buy some hats, whatever you want. Got some nice limited limited edition bubble hats ready for the winter as well. Um, when you go to the checkout to pay for your order, enter the code AA Podcast Nation, all in lowercase, and you'll have ten percent off all your order. And uh, cannot fault you, cannot fault them for supporting the show. And Big Al has uh, been outstanding in his support, not just for this show, but for Ace Podcast Nation as a channel. And I thank them for sponsoring the show. Uh, let's have a look what we got in the comments. Jamie Isles says, uh, Joe Lewis has a net worth of £4.3 billion. He has enough money. Who's Joe Lewis? Oh. Someone fill me in. Who's Joe is he, Lewis? Is he an owner? Is he, uh, is he an owner? I don't know. Jamie, who's, who's Joe Lewis, mate? You'll have to fill us in. We're not sure who that is. Joe Lewis. But, um, he sounds he sounds like a rich man anyway. Yeah. Um, so just while we wait for Jamie to fill us in on that, we'll I'm gonna uh, <laughs> Pierre uh, Pierre uh, Aubameyang, uh, Arsenal striker, 
before he signed for Arsenal, was hotly touted around as one of the best young strikers in Europe. Um, he's had a bit of an up-and-down time at Arsenal, uh, has been in- encouraged by the president of the Gabon Football Association, which I think is the, his country of origin, uh, to leave the club for a or secure a contract with a more ambitious club. I actually think I think he's out of contract at the end of the season. I think, but I might be wrong. Um, what do you think about that, mate? Because um, I don't see. Uh, listen, if if I don't think anybody's got a right to say that. Certainly not a not a country or or a president or a or a a manager who's country's not really gonna go gonna achieve anything. I just it doesn't make doesn't make sense to me. It's not like you know I mean he's gonna be the best player in, in for that nation, regardless who he plays for. If he was playing for Leighton Orient, and this is me being disrespectful to Leighton Orient, he would still be the best player for Gabon. So it still just doesn't make sense that th- those kind of comments. You know what I mean? He's 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 played for Borussia Dortmund. He was um outstanding for them. He he gone to the Premier League because the Premier League is a different animal to the Bundesliga. It probably suits him a little bit better. Um but Obviously, when he took up, when he when he obviously when he went to Arsenal, the you know I mean they, they were bringing in a different different type of play. You know I mean Ozil, the expectation on Ozil was was higher. Um, you know I mean, and, and obviously now now they've got um, Arteta in, in charge. You know I mean you don't know where you've got, you've got to give him an opportunity. So you know I mean for me, I think I think comments like that just need to be kept to themselves because I think it's just, it's just ridiculous. Um. But what do you think about this this theory, which gets floated around a bit about Arsenal? Do you still regard them as uh, one of the best clubs in the Premier League? No, no. In terms uh, of no, I, I think I think they lost. They're that. top top six club now, aren't they? Yeah, I think I think they lost that probably when um, when Wenger left. I think uh, similar to when to when Fergie left United. See, I think they lost it before that. Yeah, well, I do. I think it was a little bit like like United with Fergie that that towards the end of his the end of his tenure that um, you could see the crack starting to appear. You know what I mean? So, obviously, Sir Alex left for me at the right time, perfect timing when he left and, and handed the reins over. And I think, um, but obviously, Wenger had the Invincibles, you know what I mean? He won the Premier League, won the FA Cup. He, you know what I mean? He had a fantastic side, but everything was built built, built with the fundamentals of, of defence first and then, and, then, and then going forward from there. Arsenal, especially over the, what, the last six, seven, eight years, defensively, they've been absolutely shambolic. And you know, I mean, regardless how many goals are scored and how how much to keep the ball and to play this attractive, flowing football, if they can't defend and the, and, the, and the goalkeeper can't catch or, or 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 save a shot, then they've got absolutely no chance. You know what I mean? Defensively, they've been weak. They've had no they've had no winners in midfield probably since Patrick Vieira. Um, and for me, I just think comments. You know what I mean about about Arsenal being being um, up there with the Liverpool's, the Man City's. Um, for me, the, the miles off, miles off, miles off behind Spurs for me at the minute, you know what I mean, potentially. And uh, Man United, you know what I mean, with the players that they're bringing in, you know what I mean, they, they were picking up. They were, they, were, they were doing a really good run of form. So, you know what I mean, they're not, they're not for me, in, in the same ilk as, as those. You know what I mean, I watched, um, obviously, the Leeds game closely when they, played, when, when they played Arsenal. And for me, Leeds ran them all over the park in the first half. It was only a, probably a little bit of fitness which, which let Leeds down in the end. And, um, and that's for me. That's got to be quite worrying as well because you know, I mean, no, no team in that in that league is good enough um, just to just to warrant a place to stay up. For example, you know, what I mean, There's, the teams can beat anybody on a given day, and you know, what I mean, the Everton's of this of this world. You know, what I mean, they can give Arsenal a, a game on their own 
uh, on the day, same as Crystal Palace and teams like that. So, you know what I mean? I think uh, I think the, the talk of, of Arsenal being a probably a top four side for me is, is extraordinary at the minute. What would be a good a uh, good club for Abamyang in your opinion? Um, at the minute, the way that Man United are going and the, and the players that they're pushing forward, they they could probably he could probably lead their line. You know what I mean? Because with Rashford, the way they play, and uh, Martial or James uh, with Pogba, Fernandez behind. You know what I mean? That, that that would just be pure pace and experience and goals. So for me, that would be a um, it would be a, be an interesting option. You know what I mean? Because I don't see many other options probably in England uh, for him to. Um, to stay unless he you know what I mean or unless unless there was a gap maybe it's Chelsea for example maybe maybe there might be a Chelsea if he wants to stay in London Chelsea would be a would be a good option because yeah Giroud um Tammy Abraham you know I mean, apart from them they haven't really got anybody else to lead the line so that could probably be a shout but uh, for me both of those two options would be a better option than than what he's currently at so you know what I mean he's he's got, his options are open and then there's probably other options from abroad which are probably more appealing for him um with different countries, for example, Spain, Italy. Um, so I'm guessing the world's the world is ice, really. Yeah, I think he's got plenty of choices there. Jamie said uh, Joe Lewis is one of the owners of Tottenham. Um, right. who's oh, got okay. he's got a net worth of four point three billion. So, okay. so again, you know, that the the good point which Gaz made about the stadium, uh, the money they owe for that and everything, um, in actual fact, it it's you know, they don't, they don't, you can't have any sympathy for them in terms of how can, you know, um, potentially getting in trouble. How can, how can they have seven, how can they owe 700 million pounds on a, on a stadium when he's, when he owns the club and he could buy that stadium outright? Yeah, well, he should have bought the stadium outright really, shouldn't he? Yeah. But he didn't. Unless the debt. Just, and, uh, and this, this is what I find out about football at the minute with all this furloughing that, 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 that people. You're own finding the, out who's in debt. Well, people own the debt as well, though. You know what I mean? Chairmans own the debt. So, chairmans lend money to football clubs and then get it back interest-free. Well, it's not really... So, they're not really in debt. They're just... It's just people not, not spending their own money. They're just gaining it back over the years from Premier League money, etc. and attendances. They're just... They're, just they're, they're, they're paying out a big outlay at the beginning and then grabbing it back later on in life, which I just don't really the right thing to do. No, no, it's not. It's not on at all, really. Uh, of course, guys, you can send in questions anytime you want um, and we'll just answer them as we're going along. Uh, Leslie says he thinks that Pep will sell John Stones this season, won't be a Manchester Manchester City player next year. Do you agree with that, my friend? Um, I think they've struggled defensively this year. I think he's been at fault for some big goals this season um, and at major times and um, just been talking about that about Arsenal's invincibles and 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 when they have proper defenders who throw the body in in front of things and and the likes of Van Dijk, you know what I mean, at Liverpool that Man City needs something like that. So they need somebody of that kind of ilk. And is John Stone, is John Stones that kind of player? No, he's not. He's very good on the ball. He comes out with it. He, he likes to play. He likes to look and get on the ball. And he's that kind of player. But you know what I mean. I think um, Pep's not scared to make big calls and big decisions since he's since he's gone to Man City. He's got rid of some some big-name players since he's got there, and I think he'll continue to do it over the summer. Yeah, I mean, if you'd asked me in the summer, I'd have said that he could do a lot worse than go to Manchester United. I think he's exactly yeah. what they need. He's a very, very real Ferdinand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um... I think it'd be a, it yeah, would be a perfect I... coil. Perfect coil for somebody like, um... 
Harry Maguire. I think if uh, if him and Harry, Harry Maguire played centre halves together, I think uh, I think it would be uh, would be a good fit. But um, I can't see I can't see it happening. Could he go to Chelsea? I don't know. Possibly could. Um, we'll just have to obviously just have to wait and see. Uh, any more, anybody got any more questions? Well, size um, bin me off. I'll answer anything. So within reason, within reason. <laughs> I want. Uh... Oh. What did he just said? What happened then? Right, so you froze up, and then when I tried to unfreeze you, I got booted out of the stream. But we're back. We're what back. did he say? Um, what did he say to you about your face when you froze? Did it? Says you says you've gone for it. Says you've gone for a poo. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. No, it was you. You froze up. You did, and then I had to. Did like, I? Uh, and I was yeah, talking. you I froze up. Off and I tried to unfreeze about, you. And, um, I finished off my conversation about John about um, uh, John Stones saying that I think he could be a good foil for um, Harry Maguire. Okay, I um I I think Koulibaly is more what they need. I think he's more of a yeah like a, they need him like, like a physical big defender who's going to be that John Terry type to go yeah. alongside because people think Harry Maguire is that now he is quite physical but he's actually a very good footballer. He brings the ball out. He breathes. He breathe, starts a lot of attacks coming out of uh, out of <clears throat> our defence. Um, also, guys, I forgot to say at the start, we're going to get into the retro uh, retro games in just a sec. But uh, to finish the show this evening, we are doing a penalty shootout quiz. Sai versus Campbell. Five questions each. I got five questions for Andy on his chosen subjects. He's got five for me on my chosen subjects. Mastermind. Whoever wins, whoever wins, gets to choose a song for the other one to sing us out to. Now, I will say, because we don't want to get the video taken down, um, we will only play about twenty seconds of the ever the ever sing into the song for copyright, and then the show will finish. But then afterwards, about half hour after the show, I will post it all over the social media platforms. Full video. Because, you know, what's the point in having, like, a punishment? What's the word? Punishment? Not dare, is it? What's the word? I don't know. Whatever. Um, uh, yeah, it's not punishment, is it? It's, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not that. sure. No, it's just, I can't it's, think of the word. There's, like, a word on the tip of yeah. my tongue, and I can't think what it is. But, yeah. Um, yes. So, uh, if anyone could give me, have a look on Twitter to see if the show is streaming on there, I'd be... Very grateful if they could have a quick look on the Ace Cast Nation page. Only because, um, yeah, I know it was earlier, but I haven't had any thumbs up or likes or any comments on it for a while. So I'm just wondering if it's gone off. Um, obviously, it's new to us. Um, but yeah, um, we saved uh, going into the retro stuff, mate. Me and the Super Kev, we're going to obviously do Borough versus Bolton from the Carling Cup. Uh, back in I forget the year ninety six ninety seven I think it was, but when uh, no, Borough won the, there, the, the Middlesbrough when uh, when Middlesbrough won uh, in the Carling Cup two thousand four. 
2004, but that was their only trophy, wasn't it? So initially, obviously, we thought you were going to be on the show last week. So we got... Um, sorry, I've just got to stop what I'm saying there. Very important comment has just come up on the, come up on the live chat, and I feel it's in, important that I share it with everyone, just so everybody knows. There we go. Ian David said, this has got a Willis win written all over it, <laughs> referring to the quiz. David's 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 I quite just, a favorite. David's quite a favorite of yours, you know. I'm, I'm quite I'm quite um. So you don't count. Your and it's weird because anyone would think that he was one of my best friends for a very long time, uh, and not you know not the complete stranger that he is. So and, does uh, uh, does yeah. Ian does Ian want to put like a does Ian want to join you for a little a little duet if you lose then? No, me and Ian, <laughs> boy, we did a duet. And I stabbed you. <laughs> um, that was not pretty. I had I was dressed as an Indian and uh like a cowboy and Indian type theme and uh you know I had no top on it was all a bit sounds like a good night that yeah, well the photos look good that's all I will say <laughs> apart from that I, I couldn't tell you um yeah so yeah Bolton Borough Borough's only trophy they ever won um, and yeah, we were supposed two, to do two, it two last week but me and Super Kev Comfort, and we decided we would leave it to leave it for you to uh, to review with us because being a borough fan, you haven't exactly had uh, you know many successes. I've not any trophy wise. I've not any. And to be fair, I I nearly missed this one. Uh, obviously, living in Cardiff, um, I was really looking forward to it because it was on the Sunday, and we played on the Saturday, uh, and I think we played away. We played in, we played in Birmingham, I think. And unfortunately, we kind of got beat um, the day before. I think we got beat 3-0. And um, Lenny was the manager. And uh, Lenny spat his dummy out a little bit after the game and uh, made us all train on the Sunday morning. But then he didn't train on the Sunday morning. He trained us at... Um, uh, I think I think we started training at 1 o'clock at, at Indian Park. So we did... A, obviously, the game started at 3 o'clock at Millennium Stadium. So I trained in my training kit and then ran all the way down to Millennium Stadium in my training kit to go, on, to go and join him with all the mates and go and watch the game because it was one game that I just couldn't miss. I couldn't miss, regardless of how, how upset and how bad I was the day before for Cardiff. I just, this was one game that I just couldn't miss and, and I'm so glad that I got there because uh, what a start. You know what I mean? Two minutes in um, and Bolo's ending, drove down the left and crossed in for Joseph Job and, and to see some of those players play for Middlesbrough, you know what I mean? That was that was the reason why we ended up winning uh, a trophy. You know what I mean? Steve McLaren, obviously, I haven't. I didn't leave Middlesbrough under great um, times with with obviously Steve in charge. But you know, what I mean, when he started bringing these kind of players back into the fold and um, just Bolo himself, just creating the first chance for Joseph to score the goal, and Middlesbrough continued to attack after the gate after the after that. And um, I remember, I can't remember who played the ball into Joseph Job. Um, in the box, but uh, I think it might have been Zenden again, or it might be Mendieta. But he he just tried to roll the centre half, you know, what I mean, inside the box. And and to be fair, he, he was one on one before he got brought down in the box. So a penalty, um, opportunity to make it two 0 Bolo's Zenden stepping up, and I thought, oh, here we go. You know, what I mean, it's going to be fantastic. And he and as he shot it, he went in. You know, what I mean, you go, you're just gonna um, absolute delirious. I didn't even realise that he kicked it twice at the time. You know, what I mean, I even probably. Till about three or four days later, till I watched it again, I didn't realise that he kicked it twice. And when I when I watched it again, and I watched it again today, um, I don't know how, he, how he's got away with it because if that was on VAR, what's the ruling now, on that? He's kicked it twice. I think he's got. A, if that's VAR, it, it wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't be able to do it again. The referee's got to see it, and it's not clear. 
I watched it about three or four times today, and it wasn't clear from a couple of angles. So it depends on what angle he's, he's got it he's got it at because he's got to be stood one side of the penalty take. He's not stood behind directly. So he's stood either left or right. And if he's stood the other side because he's kicked it against his other foot, he's probably not going to see it. So he's probably stood the safe side for Bolo to be able to get the goal. And You know what I mean? But not, not one Bolton player complained. So that's the interesting thing. Not one player, not the goalkeeper, nobody stood behind, nobody complained because it did look like he, uh, he just slipped. So... Uh, but obviously that gave him a two and a lead. And for me then I thought this is going to be, just watching in the stands you're thinking this is game over. It's going to be three, four, five here because Bolton just weren't at the races at all and, and we were really comfortable. And then uh, Kevin Davis picked the ball up on the right-hand side and he had nowhere to go. He crossed the ball in hard and low and I'm not even sure what Mark Swartz did. And you know what, I played with Mark and Mark was, is one of, if, if not the best goalkeeper in Middlesbrough's history. You know what I've, what I've saw and what I've come across and, and I've watched Middlesbrough for years and years and years and he, well, I, I just know the word apart from throwing it in. He threw one in. He made a, a horrific mistake, and and he just gave Bolton an opportunity. But when you need a hero to come along, you know what I mean. He, um, I stood up to be counted, and he made some. I'd, I'd call him world class saves because he made two, if not three, world class saves towards the end, which gave us a trophy. And you know what I mean. Regardless of it, he made a mistake. He, if it wasn't for him, uh, Middlesbrough certainly wouldn't have uh, won that trophy because uh, his two saves at the end. Uh, one from Jokaev was just absolutely outstanding. Do you know, people forget some of the players that uh, the Borough had over the years. Like, they, I know they remember, like, Janino and all those, but then they had, like, a break from that type of top-level player. But then, like, Zen, when Zenden came in, they, he, was, he was not, like, you know, 40 at the end of his career. He was still very high-level. Mendieta was a bit Mendieta. old, but incredible player. Yeah. You know, Mark Swartzer, incredible keeper. Karasalke, then... Uguekiog. Yeah. You know I mean? they, were, they were full of they were full of full of just just international players and you know what I mean? Considering you know I mean the Brian Robson era, Janino, Ravinelli, Boxic, Emerson. And then to replace all those kind of players with the quality what do you know what I mean? It's just it just shows that the times that that football club had. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to be so hard to replace them and get them back because because of where the club are currently. But you can't take those times away from the football club. And if they, if they hadn't have won anything then, I'd be worried about them forever because, you know what I mean? Because I can't, it's going to be a long time for me before they can win anything again with, 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 the, with the money what's involved in football because there's just too much money involved. And even reserve sides at the minute are um, is, is stronger than some of the championship sides. Yeah, spot on. Um, I got to say, um, obviously, Schwarzer made a mistake for the goal, but he also made some incredible, incredible nice. saves. It's safe. It's safe from Jokayev was just he, he, he kind of seen it until for me it was past him, and how he's got how he's got one hand on it and then another hand is just beyond me. And you know what I mean? I think I looked at the goal and the goal, the goal is the goal is so easy to save, and he will save that probably. 999 times out of a thousand, but that one time he let it in was in the biggest stage of at the time was his career. So, you know, I mean, unfortunately, it, it didn't, or fortunately, it didn't, it didn't impact on the game, but it gave Bolton an opportunity to get back into it because if, if that hadn't gone in, I'd fear for them because they were they were outclassed in the first 20 25 minutes. They were, they were, they didn't, they weren't, they weren't at the races at all. Indeed. Um, and I think they were, you know, Bolton, uh, unfortunately, made us slow. 
slow start. Yeah, and um, they were good. They were good side. I think that's an understatement. They were a good side as well. You know what I mean? Jock Ives, um, Kevin Davis, Akotchas. You know, you know, they had a very good side. They had a really, really good side. You know what I mean? Big Sam Adam, um, Adam playing some really good stuff. You know what I mean? They're being consistent. You know what I mean? The Reebok was flying. They're, they're, you know what I mean? Gaznos' teams, um, and it's just you know what I mean? It's it's they were a very good side, and you know we I mean? deserved to be to be in that final along with Middlesbrough. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, and he's right. Uh, Gaz says Bolton had some quality and uh, Big Sam. And yeah, they, Lord. you know, they uh, Sam brought in Diorca, JJ Kocha, mm. uh, Ivan Campo. Yeah. You know, some of, some of but, the Europe's elite players mm. on freeze. Yeah, but he didn't just bring them in though, side, did he? he? He got them playing as well. He didn't just, you know, what I mean, he didn't, he didn't oh, just yeah. bring, he didn't just bring them in to see out the careers. He brought them in and they performed. Some of them better than they've performed all the way through the career. So he had that. He had that X factor, Sam. He, he could get the best out of players, and um, and that's that's how he how he how he became really successful as a manager. Well, that's yeah, that's how he built his reputation, wasn't it? I think yeah. um, initially was by yeah. just you know bringing in maybe players who had maybe struggled elsewhere, yeah. or yeah, yeah. you know just I don't know what the word is really. Mm. Um, any, what else stood out to you from this game? Uh, any p- particular players? Uh, um, kind of obviously, Janino, Janino returned uh, for his, obviously his second spell. Um, interesting when you see um, the celebrations and things. Obviously, obviously, Big Hugo obviously, obviously lost his life uh, what, two, what, two years ago now, isn't it? Two or three years ago now. And you've got a young Stewie down in there who didn't get on the, on the pitch. You know what I mean? Middles were born and bred. And it's just nice to see young players getting... A little bit of recognition, and you know, so it's just, it's just such a nice um, feeling to watch watch Middlesbrough win in Cardiff, especially um, living in Cardiff as well. It was just a, a surreal, surreal feeling, really, and, and, and time. And obviously, with what happened at the Millennium Stadium the year before, with me personally, to go back and watch Middlesbrough win there about a year later or less than a year later was just an amazing feeling, really. Yeah, indeed. Um, Leslie just said. Uh... I'm glad uh, Juninho was part of the team. Uh, he's uh, said on live TV that it was better than winning the World Cup with Brazil. Gotcha. Nice touch. You know, um, I don't think these players were signing with Middlesbrough to expecting to win, you know, win trophies. And, and No, no, and, no. And I like, no. and, it, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I, had, I had a laugh and a joke with you, but like, Borough haven't won a trophy since. Um it's kind of one of those things, isn't it? You know, it's... Um, well, sorry, you just hit the nail in there. These, just, these kind of players were, 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 were all signing to make to put Middlesbrough on the map. They were all signing because of um, because of the reputation what Brian Robson had, because of what Steve Gibson had done, because of what Steve McLaren had done. You know what I mean? And it just it, it put Middlesbrough Football Club on the map. And uh, if it wasn't for those good times, you know what I mean? I'd, I'd worry about the area. I'd worry about the football club, certainly, because it would be in a mess. It would be in an absolute mess. Yeah. Um, so the next game that you selected was uh, Liverpool four, Newcastle three. Obviously, an all-time classic. Yeah, what a game! Yeah, 95-96, I think it was. And um, obviously, Liverpool Liverpool were full of the Spice Boys, and uh, Newcastle were uh, under obviously King Kevin. You know what I mean? Just attack, 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 and he'd normally win games six five and five four. And you know what I mean? They still had an outside chance of the title, and um, but the game was obviously a Sky game, midweek game. 
Liverpool started absolutely fantastically and um, Stan Collymore with a great left foot crossing for Robbie Fowler and it just you, I, forgot, I forgot how how good Robbie Fowler was that he didn't seem to do a lot of running around but he was always in the box and he always scored every time he every time he got the ball and he was just an absolutely unbelievable finisher. Um, but then yeah. see Newcastle when Newcastle attacked. It was hard to stop them. You know what I mean? They struggle defensively sometimes, but when they attack, they attack, 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 and you just couldn't stop them. And um, as Faustino Asprilla, he had little twinkle toes in the box and he, he smashed it, he smashed it across for Les Ferdinand to, to, to crash home at equaliser. And then um, and then he slipped through David Ginola um, to drive down the left hand side past Jason McAteer and finished past David James excellently. Um and then obviously half time you're thinking, Jesus, thank God for that. You know, what I mean you need a rest from all the action and the second half just fitted better than the first. And Liverpool started excellent again. Um McManaman crossed for Fowler, who's it's just the way just the way he struck a ball and um he struck the ball across the uh, across the goalkeeper in the in into the far corner and made it two two. Um and then Asprilla broke away and his finish was absolutely unbelievable. Outside the right foot, past David James and he just gave me it just gives you goosebumps really watching it because you see Kevin Keegan absolutely delighted, but then you just knew there was something there was something gonna happen and uh Liverpool broke back again, McAtee crossed it in for um Stan Collymore to finish in the six yard box, little tidy finish, but great ball from, from Jason McAteer and then the last goal was just phenomenal because Ian rushed past the Barnes, Barnes passed him back to Rush, rushed back passed back to Barnes and and then all of a sudden he found Collymore and he smashed home and it was the I don't think it was the goal, but it was the reaction to Kevin Keegan after that he put his head in his in his knee and you know what I mean the camera just stuck on him and it was just a one of those moments that you'll just never forget that you just knew then that unfortunately that that's Newcastle United's um title hopes have uh, have been dashed and as a North East football fan, a Middlesbrough fan, you just um you're quite pleased really that Newcastle aren't gonna get the chance to win the win the Premier League. <laughs> but as a as a neutral football fan it was uh, it was unbelievable. Brilliant. Brilliant picture, that, isn't it? Indeed. So um, I don't know if you can. Can you see that now? See, yeah. yeah. So oh, that's um, what's that? That's talk. Talk us um, through it. Can everyone else see that? I think they can. Now? Tell us. Tell us. That's nineteen ninety three. Nineteen ninety three. Ninety four. That's so. That's obviously Lenny Lawrence. Uh, middle. Lenny Lawrence. Yeah. Middles and manager in the middle. Um, at Ayrson Park. Uh, me there with my new jumper on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the other lads called Anthony Armrod, and uh, we both signed uh, our contracts on that night. Um, so that was me signing schoolboy forms at fourteen. So uh, I signed two-year schoolboy forms at fourteen, and signed two-year schoolboys and two-year two-year YTS. But I just signed two-year schoolboys. Jesus Christ, my screen nearly cracked. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful isn't it? Beautiful, absolutely isn't it? beautiful. Yeah, fourteen, fourteen um, years old. So. Yeah, quite a. Uh, so now I got to work out how I'm gonna. I don't know how to long, get that off the screen. Quite a long time ago. I might have to stay forever. Um, yeah. Yeah, back in the yeah, day, yeah. as it were. That's what they say. Good old days. Um, indeed, indeed, indeed. Welcome, Richie. By the way, yeah, my, it's good to see you in the live chat. Uh, what else we got? Leslie saying is, of course, you know this this uh, New Liverpool Newcastle game. Which uh, was finished four three. It's the famous Collymore uh, commentary, isn't it? Where he goes, yeah. Collymore, yeah. Yeah. right at the end. Uh, Unbelievable. So Leslie says, I saw uh, Kevin Keegan at Teesside Park, and he came out the shop with a bin. Uh, I said, Is that for the players? He laughed and said, A few need to be in it. <laughs> <laughs> Bang Kevin on, Keegan. Bang on, Super Kev. 
King Kev. King Kev. There's only one Super Kev. Yeah. Oh, Barry Phillips in the YouTube chat now. He's like, uh, he's jumping about from Facebook to YouTube. Roman. <clears throat> Roman. Yeah, indeed. Um, Gaz asks, yeah, Gaz, um, Barry, uh, he says, Barry, is the, is the show live Friday? Yep. The Boot and the Limp, for those who don't know, is uh, our new adults-only podcast. Um, I'm myself, stand-up comedian, Barry Phillips, so we just take a, a nice, light-hearted look at the world. Uh, no one for under-18s, a lot of adult content, uh, adult language, etc. All a bit of fun. Very good. Uh, we were told by a few people uh, last Friday's episode was the best yet, apparently. Uh, where I will ask this question. I don't like to swear on this show particularly, so I'm not going to, I'm going to sort of skirt around it a bit. want to know if this happened in Middlesbrough like it did in Cardiff. So when I was about, I know, like I must, between somewhere between like say 11 and 13, you, if you'd be like the ball, you'd be playing football, ball would go into the bushes and you yeah. find a carrier bag. And in the carrier bag, it would be full of adult literature. Okay. So adult yeah. books, adult books for adults with pictures. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I never, what well, we, we discussed this on last week's show, but like one, when you come out with a book, when you came out with a hedge with the bag, you were like the king of the group. You were like, yeah, look what I found. But also what I've always wondered is where did they come from? Because I know for a fact that it has happened to, in America because I've had someone tweet me this week and say, yeah, we had that in California or North Carolina. I know it's happened in other parts of Wales. Does it, did have you ever heard of that in, in the borough? Um, finding random carrier bags full of adult magazines. I think, uh, I think in certain places, I think, uh, unfortunately it's just, it just seems to happen, doesn't it? And it seems to, uh, it seems to it seems to be someone's uh, special little stash, so that they've uh, it's hidden away from uh, from a certain uh, lady ah, lady person in the house. That's, and it's, a, that's yeah. a good idea. See, hidden, I hidden, hidden away. No, it's not. It's not my own experience, but yeah, I think it's a ah, right, right, right. it's a cunning plan. It's a, <laughs> it's a cunning plan. So we wondered whether it was because um, you know, like people had like a mum had found their kids' stash or something and they chucked them out. But then I was like, well, why wouldn't you chuck them in the bin? But yeah, there we go. It's a good. Uh, you came up with a good. Yeah, I found uh, a solution. A, good, a, sol a solution. Uh, good solution. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Leslie just asked, "Have I ever been to Middlesbrough?" I have not, but uh, yes. myself yes. and uh, yes, yeah, not yet. Myself, Andy, and uh, Alan are planning a uh, an Ace Podcast Nation away day apparel road trip road when, trip. Uh, and we're going to film it all, and it's going to be immense. We're going to go to Borough to get Andy, and we're going to go to Chesterfield to see the Crooks. We're going to go to Scotland to see Super Kev. We're going to go, where else did we say? Somewhere else. Wanna, where was the other place? Is it Bristol? Oh, to North, Northampton to see North Danny Batten, who does the yeah, MMA yeah. show. Yeah, we're going to fight meet Danny Batten. Meet all Batten. the fighters. going to fight Danny yeah. Batten. And uh, meet all the I'm fighters gonna... from BST Gym. And we're going to try and get some interviews with some fighters and footballers around the country at the same time. We're going to film it all. My, my, my wife made a very good point. She said, I can't even drive to Bristol, so... But they, you know, that, that was that was, my, where, that was where I got Bristol from. Yeah, but that's all right because I got my head. My head of security is going to have to do some driving as well. But that's all right. It's all good. It's going to be good though, you know. And I say that that's as if the bloody uh, the road trip happens. If the lockdown will have to finish first, you know. Yeah. 
some someone tweeted me yesterday and said it's the year's 2041. The Premier League 2020 season is about to start, is about to be finished. <laughs> Darren Anderton, Daniel Sturridge are still injured. Uh, really funny. <laughs> but uh yeah, going back to the Liverpool Newcastle game, obviously it's a it's an all-time classic, isn't it? Iconic, yeah. It's one, yeah. Of, the, it's an I- one iconic, of the best iconic game for Premier League football and to be honest. It's timing of the season as well, the way that the way that games are going, the way that seasons are going. You know what I mean? It was just a, an absolute just fantastic game of football and just whatever be whatever be beat, I don't think. No, one of my favourite uh, favourite Premier League players of all time is actually um Festino Aspria. Yeah. Well, well, I, 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 my favorite Festino Espria, David Ginola, and um, Philip Albert. I used to love all three. I seen uh, I seen Faustino Aspilla's debut. It was away for it was well, it was at Middlesbrough, uh, Newcastle against Middlesbrough at the Riverside. Uh, he came on a sub at half time, um, and oh my god, he 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 ripped uh, Chris Morris uh, a new backside that that evening. He absolutely just ripped him up. I just felt really sorry for him because. I've never seen uh, I've never seen a performance like it. I was I was one of those mouth open moments where he was doing all these tricks and all these turns, and I just couldn't believe what I was watching live on a on, on a pitch, and just made me made me think, Jesus Christ, I'm technically awful compared to you, but I'll, I'll give me I'll give I'll give what I've got. I'll give what I've got. He was a genius. He was a genius with the ball. Genius. Absolutely, mate. Uh, next game was Cardiff nil, Wolverhampton one. Uh, yeah, this was a massive, massive game because yeah, Cardiff was yeah. still in a chance with challenging uh, Wolves for the league title at that point. Uh, yeah, that's, and Cardiff that's why I picked it. That's why I picked it. I picked it because of, it because of how big um, how big the game was. Um, obviously, the way that it ended, what happened after the game. There's obviously certain things I want to talk about, and you know what I mean. That, that I thought before the game, I was um, I think I was quite excited because um, I think. Forgive me if I'm wrong here, but I'm sure Cardiff went uh, to the, to Molyneux and beat them as well at, at early on in the season. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure Joe Rawls scored one of the goals. So I was quite excited when I thought this is an opportunity here for Cardiff to do the double over them and 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 kick on to go and get promoted. And because uh, obviously Wolves were they were the best side in the league by a country mile. You know what I mean? Apart from obviously individual games and stuff, but they were a good side. They obviously had um, all the big hitters who were still there now playing. They just came over from FC Port or the Ruben uh, Ruben Nevers etc. Uh, Wolves started started uh, the best um, out of the two. I think Neves had a had a had a decent first half, first shot, and Etheridge uh, saved it for long distance. And then Cardiff had the best chance of the first half, just for half time with Joe Bennett. I think he cut in from the left hand side and one on one. And I don't think there was many options in the box. He went for a shot and it just went past the goalkeeper uh, Ruddy, but um, went past the far post as well. And but then straight after straight after the second half, I thought Wolves came out and they're absolutely fantastic and. Really, really worried me because the everything was just a wave after wave after wave and attacking. Um, they had one on ones. Etheridge was saving. Um, Cardiff really couldn't get out of their own half, and and then never scored an absolute wonder free kick. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed with the goalkeeper. To be fair, at the time, I watched it again today and I watched it a couple of times, and it was a really good free kick. But he, he seemed to get two hands on it, Etheridge. But you know, I mean, he had a really good season, so I can't really fault him a little bit uh, off that and off the uh, at the at the moment. But um, Wolves. Wolves kept coming forward and fought, and probably should have finished the game, put the game to get get in the bed before um, all the drama begun. But deep into injury time, uh, a long hopeful ball went forward, and Pilkington was was obviously as a as a makeshift centre centre forward. He got just got pushed in the back, which is just 
I think it was uh, Stedman who did. Who, who, Connor, who, who, Connor, Connor Cody. Cody was it? Connor Cody pushed uh, Puntington in the back and obviously Criminal. Ref, referee give a penalty. It was an absolute blatant penalty. Um, but then all the players who, who were on the pitch, the one player who, who I didn't want to take, oh, or didn't expect to take it, me was, was Gary Medine. And I, I can only think. Um, obviously, Gary was was very confident at the time, wanted to take it, but um, stepped up to take it. I don't think it was a really poor penalty, but um, it was a decent save by Rudy. I think down to it was down, down, down to his left, um, and then then there was a ball in the box straight away. It could have been another penalty on Junior Hoyler. It went out for a corner. Um, obviously, Gunnison put the ball in the box. The ball went back to Gunnison. He jinked in the box. He was brought down by two players. You know what I mean? How, how those two players um, were arguing that it wasn't a penalty were beyond me. Um, and then outside June, the box, though, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's what they say. But they're both diving in. So when you're both diving in, it's impossible for referee to Stupid. to be able to tell. But then obviously Junior stepped up, and I thought, here we go, put your foot through it. You know what I mean? Rescue is a point. But he just went for he just went for absolute. He went for top corner. He went for for the stanchion, and unfortunately, at the crossbar, it was that noise. I remember the noise because I was I was stood up in, in the front room and desperate to see the ball go in the net and. I can, st- I can still hear the noise now because it was it was like the hollow crossbar. Uh, hit, the, hit the crossbar, came out, and then the final whistle couldn't have been blown any sooner. Uh, and then, obviously, even more fun began because um, all their players celebrated, all their staff manager celebrated without shaking hands. Um, and then, obviously, he composed himself, tried to go and speak to, obviously, Sunil Warnock. And, and then, obviously, the trouble began and, and Neil, Neil stuck to his guns and... And use some uh, choice language and words to uh, tell him to go away, and um, and obviously, but this, that, but that's not the first time he did it, by the way, because he did it against Middlesbrough the week after as well. He didn't shake um, Tony Pulis's hand as well. So after the beat Middlesbrough with it, it's in similar, well, not similar circumstances, but with a one 0 win, uh, and you know it just shows the uh, the lack of respect from the man. But what a game, a game of football, um, live on Sky as well. It's like Sky know what kind of games that they want to pick and. You know what I mean? I was disappointed with Cardiff didn't get the result, but they played their part in a in a massive game, and, and I think stood them in good stead for for later on, obviously in the season, really. Well, so a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I would say to it was a great game; they played well, etc. But to to have two penalties in the last couple of minutes and come away with nothing in yeah. a one nil game is criminal. Yeah. Um, Gary Medine, Johnny Wish has just said um, in the comments on YouTube, uh, Gary Medine is one of the worst players Cardiff have signed in the last 15 years. Um, harsh, but I I do sort of agree. He wasn't very good. All right, let's say um, he's not a terrible footballer, clearly. You know, he's a professional footballer. Um, but I will also say, Everything I saw him do for Cardiff, he was absolutely shocking. Mm. Um, so I will say that. Uh, even Junior Hoylet's penalty, I really felt like he went for a bit too much power, probably because he was aware you know, with the first penalty had been missed, etc. etc. In terms yeah. of the Nuno thing at the end, um, <laughs> on its own, I didn't have a problem with it. As long, if he had shook hands with Warnock briefly and then run onto the pitch, wouldn't have had an issue with it at all. The fact that he didn't, and then went and then came back as if and made out was making out almost as if Neil Warnock was being a bit of a knob, when you know in reality it was him. Um, and then the fact he did it the week after, and he'd done it earlier in the season as well, I believe something similar. Um, 
he you know he deserved the the pelters he got um a certain neil campbell in the live chat uh, yeah. asks have you <laughs> mentioned my egg video oh, so neil God. for those of you who don't know is andy's brother talk me through it mate uh uh well i don't know if people have seen obviously people uh the lockdown videos of um of people with no hair uh obviously pretending that their heads an egg in an egg box uh, and he's done it to uh, his girlfriend's, uh, done it on TikTok or whatever. I'm not into this TikTok thing, but uh, if I can, well, I might be able to put it on so people can see and, I, and I'll do it on here. So if I can, where am I here? <laughs> Are you ready? So here we go. Here he goes. Top draw. People are going insane now, and they people draw, are going yeah. insane now. Yeah, top draw though. Yeah, it's. Uh, do you know what? I think I was struggling that day as well. And when he uh, when he sent that through, I think it just it just sorted me week out. It just got it just got me going. It's just like it's just one of the funniest things. Yeah, I've seen. It just gives you a lift, doesn't it? Yeah, of course. Um, Alan says, uh, "What did he say? I can't see it. Where's it gone?" Uh, what has Neil Harris seen from Gary Medine? Is Gary Medine still there now, or do they loan him or sell him? No, he's uh, got released. I thought, they, I thought they binned him. Yeah, he got released. Yeah, the, yeah, the, they binned him, didn't they? But yeah, they got rid of it. He played him though, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Neil Harris he, played him when he first came in. He play, he was his he was his first choice striker, which he must have had something on Neil Neil Harris there because he he went from not playing decisions. to to playing, which is and then, and then getting released, so didn't get it. It's all it was all very strange. Yeah, and it wasn't even like he was playing just now and again. He was like first choice, wasn't he? He was, yeah. It's, uh, it's craziness. Craziness. Um, but yeah, you know, Cardiff, in uh, only the way Cardiff can really, absolutely bottled the game, missing two penalties and losing one. No. Uh, no yeah, not very good from Wolves. And the final game we're going to discuss is Barcelona 6, PSG 1. This is one of the most uh, remarkable games I've ever seen in my life. So, any, focus uh, through first of all, mate. Well, focus through their first leg score first. 2019. So, um, before I start, if anybody gets an opportunity to watch the highlights, watch it because I've never seen a game with so much drama, so many, um, uh, so much, so much good play, and so many, so many attacking chances, opportunities, etc. Um, the first game. Uh, finished in Paris Saint-Germain home to Barcelona. It was Paris Saint-Germain 4, Barcelona 0. So, um, obviously, the second leg started. Um, obviously, Barcelona had to win 4-0 to draw level, 5-0 to go through. Um, Barca started fantastically well on the front foot and um, uh, I think it was scrappy play attacking-wise, but uh, awful defending by Paris Saint-Germain. And Luis Suarez got his head to the um, to a ball and, uh, and just it crossed the line before... Um, before the defender could clear it over the line, so give them a, an unbelievable opportunity to uh, uh, just to get the foothold in the game and give them, and, and as as the, as the game grew, they give them a bit of confidence. And Barcelona continued to attack, and Messi probably should have scored. Neymar had another opportunity to score, uh, and then just before half time, Iniesta danced through in the box, uh, caused loads of problems, and and just caused an own goal to be scored that by back Paris Saint Germain. Yeah, that it was back just, heel. It's just unbelievable, but it's just comical defending by uh, by PSG. But but two 0 at half time. And then you expect um, probably Barcelona to go on and come to win this game. And um, obviously, the second half didn't really materialise the way that um, the way that I probably expected it and watched it watched it again. That um, 
uh, straight away again in the second half that, that Barcelona continued with attack and, um, and Neymar got in the box. He went down, penalty was given. Uh, Messi stepped up to smash it, smash it up. That's 3-0, so they're getting beat now, 4-3 in aggregate. But then all of a sudden, PSG came into the game. Uh, and PSG came into the game and it was Cavani. He should have scored, he hit the post. Um, and then he, he scored an absolutely fantastic effort. Uh, smashed it in the roof of the net. Uh, Stegen had absolutely no chance. But then he was one-on-one again. Uh, could have scored. You know what I mean? Yeah, For me, that should have scored. Probably should have scored. Probably, yeah, probably didn't need to score, but, but because because the game should have been well and truly over. You know what I mean? Because Barcelona had to score six now, oh, and yeah. so they need three more goals. Um, but didn't score. Very good stay by Stegen. Uh, but then time for the drama. Um, Neymar got a free kick in, thirty-five yards out on the left-hand side, and oh, he bent it in the top corner. It should never have gone in. You know what I mean? He shouldn't even be shooting from there. It just shows how how talented the the man is. And so that's uh, that's them that's them then four one up. Um, so still need two more goals to to go through. Um, Suarez long ball forward. He went down in the box, um, and then another penalty, um, which Neymar smashed home. That's five five. But they're still out. They're going to be out in away goals unless they get another um, unless they get another goal. Uh, and then Barcelona throw in the kitchen sink. Stegen goes up for a, a throw in. He stays up for for crosses. But then they don't stop the cross. PSG just didn't stop the cross. And a long ball, a long ball forward. I think it was by Iniesta. And Roberto was one of five centre forwards in the box to volley at home. And the celebrations was just outrageous. And you know, I, I, I don't think, honestly, it'll ever happen again. Because to, to have to score six goals in a game to win, to go through in the Champions League at the quarterfinal stage was just absolutely surreal. Especially with the players that PSG had. We're not talking about a pub team here, by the way. We're talking about players who are probably bit, just as big as um, Barcelona's were. You know what I mean? Run about Neymar. Neymar then went to PSG. So there's, a, you know what I mean? Obviously financial reasons, but he went there to to be successful. You know what I mean? So it just shows how much of a an unbelievable um, unbelievable result it was. And you know, I mean, some of the some of the chances created, some of the goals scored. Uh, Richie saying that it was four 0 It was four nil. First leg, Richie, um, and obviously they beat them in the second leg, uh, six six one. So that was six five on aggregate, and it was just a, an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable game. And uh, Neymar came to the boil, uh, Messi came to the boil, Suarez scored, and when you need your big players to come uh, and play, they just all just all turn up, and um, that's what happened on the night. And you know, what I mean, it must be an absolute privilege to go and watch. Those kind of players, and um, and yeah, I don't think there's going to be many more um, Champions League games like that um, again. You know, I, mean, I can't imagine there's there's an English team who, who, who will score six goals um, in the Champions League to be by big by getting big four on the first leg. So it's uh, it'll be an interesting one. So what Sai said that I think uh, once he comes back, obviously bored of me already. Uh, once he comes back, uh, we're going to do these. Uh, I'm going to do this quiz. I pick five questions for size. Size. Um, I'll give. Uh, Jonesy just said there. I've got a shout out for Clem. Clem's watching live for the first time, so I'll give him a shout out. So I'll uh, I'll give I'll give that shout out. Um, yeah, so I was just saying there that um, I finished uh, finished talking about that game. That I just said that I was just about to say your uh, your subjects for your quiz. Do you want mm-hmm. to? Uh, do you want to tell? Do you want to tell people what, what you what you what you chose? Yeah. So um, so for my uh, my subjects, I chose Cardiff City and Manchester United this week. Um, have you said 
what where did i cut out then uh, just at the end of the, um, just after Roberto, after Roberto's got his goal, so I just talked about a bit, a bit about a bit of Messi and etc. So there was one, one point I just want to make quickly about um, about that game is um, I believe that this game was the reason that Messi uh, that Neymar left Barcelona, yeah, because I believe that this was the game where Neymar finally came to to a come of age or whatever you want to say. Yeah, because he, he he was outstanding in this game. He scored an incredible goal, but he was all game was outstanding. Yeah, and I you? think in in it's just my opinion. Obviously, I don't know what's going on in his mind other than what he's said publicly. But I believe that this is where he felt that they should have been backing him over Messi because Messi's getting older. He's the young, you know, the new star on the block. They've obviously got Suarez as well, and I feel like he. F- wanted Barcelona to back him as the the main guy. They didn't or weren't going to. So he said, right, I'll go and sign for someone else. Whether he made the right decision is debatable because the French French League is not uh not great. Yeah. But I do believe this is this was the turning point for him. Uh, yeah, so, t- you know, psychologically. T- totally agree. Totally agree. And and I said there so about the big big players coming to um Coming to the table, and you know what I mean. That, that, that I don't think it'll ever, it'll ever happen again because they could have just sat and shut up shop and just and defended just just deep for the for the full ninety minutes if they wanted to. And I think they got the tactics all wrong, all wrong. Oh god, yeah, god, yeah. You you cannot surrender a four 0 lead, doesn't matter who you're playing against. Um, and you know Cardiff have done that. God, four we we surrendered four 0 at half time to Peterborough. Yeah. Um, right, so yeah, so the quiz is uh, basically we both selected a sub or two subjects, um, and then the others got to come up with five questions, and then we got a tiebreaker. Should we be level? Whoever wins selects a song for the other to sing as we finish the show. Uh, so my subjects are Cardiff City and Manchester United. And Andy's subjects are Borough Middlesbrough and the Premier League. Premier League. Mm. So, who's going to go first? We're doing one question each. Well, who's... Yeah, yeah, we'll go alternatively. Right, so we should have done. I tell you what, we'll do. We'll do rock, rock, paper, scissors because we can't toss a coin. Ready? We're we'll doing rock, paper, scissors, shoot. One, two, yeah, one, two, three, shoot. Oh, yeah, okay. rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Maybe. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Ah, uh, it's a delay. Well, you got. I can't see your hand. Yeah, I got them too. Go on. Go again. Go again. Go. Rock. Rock. Paper, scissors, shoot. Fucking hell. I even lost in the delay. Go then. You can decide whether you want to go first or second. I'll ask ask you first. You'll ask me first. Yeah, I'll ask you first. I'll ask you first. So I know if I'm chasing or not. So... <clears throat> right, question number one. I feel important here. Question number one. Uh, in which year was Cardiff City formed? Oh, fuck. Uh, no Googling. No. 1898, I don't know. Oh. That's a, that's, that, have we got that? How, how, did you, how did you guess that number? It's wrong, it's but you, you, it's wrong. Memory. But you get, 
It's a great shout, though. So annoying, that is. That's annoying. That's more annoying <laughs> than just getting there like a hundred years out. Uh, compose yourself. You're going to smash me now. Compose yourself. Okay. Question number one. Who is the oldest player to play a Premier League football match? Oh, the oldest player to play a Premier League fo- football match? I'm going to go mm-hmm. Ryan Giggs. Incorrect. The Ooh. answer is John Burridge, aged 43 years, 162 oh. days for Man City versus QPR. I know Budgie as well. For May, 1995. I know Budgie as well. Mm, I see. Okay. Keeper, yeah. Nil, nil. Right. Hit the post. Uh, right. I've... Uh... Now for your Man United one, so I've gone, uh, gone, gone to Man United one now. So, how many times have Man United won the FA Cup? Eight. Ooh. Twelve. They're going to be one out again. Twelve. Miles off. Twelve. Yeah, that's it. I'd, I'd rather that than being like 12. one year off. It's going to be nil-nil, this. <clears throat> yeah. Who is, uh, question number two, who is the youngest Borough player to ever play first-team football? Oh. Should have a time limit, shouldn't we? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Bell. Incorrect. The answer oh. is Nathan Wood. Oh, Nathan Wood took it, uh, yeah. Versus... Versus Notts County on the fourteenth of August, two thousand eighteen. And do you know what? I trained Nathan as well. That's just that's even worse. That's even worse. Oh, you should get that if you trained him. Yeah, I know. Oh, Leslie got it. Leslie got it in the in the chat. Yeah, I forgot to look at the chat. I was so focused on the yeah rubbish answers. I I wasn't looking to see if people got the answers. Ah, you're gonna you're gonna nil nil after two. You're going to get this one now. Right. In 1927, Cardiff won. Cardiff were the first non-English team to win the FA Cup, but who did they beat? Go fucking two. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> do you not know? So Cardiff, Cardiff won the no, FA Cup. No, I've never first, paid uh... attention to who they beat. Have you not? No. Ah. I thought oh, that was I a good question. I... That's a good question, isn't it? It is a good question, but I, I have no idea. Call myself a Cardiff City fan. Hang on. I'll have a guess. Uh... Arsenal. Yes, you lucky man. See, I wasn't joking, mate. Of course, I knew. Yeah, I know. I know just you did. Just, I was, I was, I was like building Good the question. tension. One nil. Yeah, one nil. Disappointed. I have to get me. I have to get. I have to get me. I have to get me singing. Me singing voice on. Oh yeah, get your karaoke right. Uh, okay. Nah, you'll get this one. One of your heroes as well. Oof, I shouldn't have said that, should I? See, I told you I can't keep a secret. Straight away. Just tell you the answer. <laughs> Question number three. Who is the oldest Borough goal scorer of all time? The oldest Borough goal scorer? Oldest Borough goal scorer? Hero. That's a f- oh, 
God. The oldest Borough oldest Borough goal scorer. I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bernie Slaven then, because that's oh, wrong. The answer is Brian Robson. Oh, Robo. This is Port Vale. I was there as well. So what's that? One nil. Two One to go. Yeah, and uh, two to and go. I just I've got a guy. So how many questions have you you've answered? Oh, no, yeah, answered two, we've got two each got to two, go. You've got two left, yeah, and you're going to get both of these. Right. Who is Man United's all-time record goal scorer? Wayne Rooney. What? Yep. <laughs> Too real. <laughs> I need a more. Uh... I nearly, nearly said Rude Van Nistelrooy. And do you know what, mate, right? I made these four questions. I made the first four what I thought was relatively, I thought you would get them. And then the fifth one's really hard. Uh, yeah. 2-0. Two's a goal. I'm doomed. Right, Come on. Doomed. I don't know if you're going to get this one. Doomed. Uh, I need it. I need question it. Number, question number four. Live chat. Help him out. Who is the youngest player to ever play Premier League football? Who is the youngest player ever to play Premier League football? Yeah. I'm thinking West Ham. I see. I seen the oh, list. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you that it's got absolutely nothing to do with West Ham. I seen the list. I, I see. I seen the list not long ago because I was number five. I seen. I seen the list. Youngest ever player to play in the Premier League. Um. Ah. Uh, Is there a time limit on this? No one in the live chat's got it either, man. Oh, God, I couldn't even. It is. I'll give you a clue. It's not Wayne Rooney. It's not no, Michael Owen. No, no, no. Um, they play. It happened in May of 2019. <laughs> and uh... the fixture. Let me to tell you the fixture. The fixture was Fulham versus Wolves. That's one of the Fulham, Fulham player then. No, yes. Couldn't couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. I was thinking of the Edmonton answer player. is is Harvey Elliott, age sixteen and thirty days, Never played for Fulham versus Wolves. Oh. I was sixteen. I was sixteen as well. I think I'm number six now. Then I think he's put me down another one. So I'm number six. So I think that means that I have an unassailable lead. You do, yeah. But I'll, 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 I'll but we'll finish it off. We'll finish I'll, off. Come I'll on. ask you the final question. I'll ask you the final question. Uh, where are we? Right, so, uh, right, here we go. Right, so, who scored uh, on his Middlesbrough debut against Cardiff City, but then became became a Cardiff player? Who scored on his Middlesbrough debut against Cardiff and became a Cardiff player? Trying to think of players who played for both. Oh, my mind's gone blank. Um, Might be me. You didn't just 
Did make your debut against <laughs> Cardiff, did you? For Middlesbrough? No. Didn't, no. Uh, Aidan Flint. No. No. Do you know what? That wasn't that wasn't even my question as well. I had a different question. And that was a question what, just, what, what Al just sent me. That was Cav. That's a good question, oh, isn't it? Of course. Yeah. So I'll, 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 give you the, I'll give you the question what I, what I, what I had. Go on, then. So I had uh, Robert Earnshaw scored the most goals for Cardiff in one season. But where was the former Bluebird born? Zambia. Yes, he was. I know that because my missus is obsessed with him. Oh, there you go. I'll stick with the Cardiff. Um, okay. Final question for you. Guess dead. That's another chat as well. Yeah. Uh, which manager has been relegated from the Premier League with three different sides? And I'll tell you what, if you get the answer, but you also give me the three sides, I will give you two points, which will level the score. Manager who's been relegated three times. Three times with, no, with three different sides. So if you get the manager and the sides, you get two points instead of one, which will level the scores. Mm. I'm going to regret that because you're going to make me sing. You'll never walk alone. Uh, no, because if I, three, I'd, 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 I'd sing, the, the I'd key sing, thing I'd, is three different sides that have been I'd, relegated with. I'd sing it with you. I'd sing it with you if I did because I've lost fair and square. Uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. So Kelly says Warnock with Cardiff, uh, no, QPR, no. Sheffield United, but that's not the answer which I've got. But really, I should accept accept it. Uh, when I'm thinking. You... I'm thinking. I was going to say Harry Redknapp, but I'm going to go. Oh, so close! Right, think Harry Redknapp, yeah. and then I, I think they might even be related. Um, I'm not sure if they're like. Related by marriage or something. Oh, like, I don't know what else a clue. I could the same type of personality. I read not one got um, relegated. He's not twice, a manager so anymore. He only got relegated twice, Harry. He's not. A, a, yeah, no, no. But the the manager that it is, Steve Bruce, is, um, is uh, he's not a manager anymore. I don't believe. Got a very similar personality to Harry Redknapp. Um, who did he? Who did, who did he manage? Give me, get, give me somebody you managed who didn't get relegated from. He must have. He must have done well somewhere. Uh, right, okay. okay it wasn't well, one of the team. One of the teams he's renowned for is one of the teams he's re relegated. He was actually Harry Redknapp's assistant manager at one point. Uh, he was Sam. Uh, Sam Allardyce. He was Harry Redknapp's assistant at one point. Um, just give me a second. I'll list some clubs he's been manager of. Right, he's been manager of Wimbledon. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the clubs that he got relegated with, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Wimbledon, uh, Watford, uh, Crystal Palace, Barnsley, Southampton, plus the other three. Uh, he played as a player for Wickham, St. Albans and Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Uh, the team he finished his career with, yeah, he actually managed twice and they were his most successful. Uh, that's like what he's most renowned for. Oh, well, them and Wimbledon. Oh, shot of the dark. Uh, we're going, is it, are we Dave, Dave Bassett? 
Well in, son. Well in. Couldn't tell you the teams, though. So Sheffield United. Sheffield United, yeah, I knew that one. Forest. They got relegated to Forest, did he? Oh, Forest got relegated, yeah, on the last day, yeah. Who else? And uh, Leicester City. Oh, I didn't even realise Leicester got relegated. Fair right. Players. Go on then. What's, what's Sophie says, Elsie's awake and she's yeah. ready to sing. Tell her come in then. Come on then, bring her in. Come I'll on then. Up. I'll wake her up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. You find me, you find me song here. I'm going to choose, you can sing, uh, Fast Car. <laughs> fast Car. Because I like the song. Right, okay. Um, so just before you start singing, I'll line that up on your phone. Um, yeah. And then we'll, I'll tell you when to press it. Uh, so guys, in a minute, Andy's going to sing us out with Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. All right. Whoa, so, so, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not ready yet. You've got, to have, your, you've got to have a big introduction. Tonight, Matthew. I'm going to be Tracy Chapman. Um, so, guys, thank you all for watching and listening and all that sort of stuff. Please, um, we're like, I think, four subs away from uh, 700 on YouTube. We're trying to get to the elusive 1,000. So if you could take a time to subscribe on YouTube.com slash Nation, I'd really appreciate that. Best way to support the show. Aww. And um, also... We're trying to get to the thousand, so if you can spare the time, it's free. Just sign in and subscribe. Thank you all, as usual. Any subject you want us to talk about next week, send them in. Friday, live edition, adults only. The boot and the limp. Danny Batten MMA show out on Wednesday. Oh, the baby's getting Larry. Ready? Uh, and remember now, guys, Andy, I'm going to play it for about 20 seconds. Yeah, and then got, I'm going to play the out clip, but we will release the full clip afterwards. Got to, got to dedicate my song to um, to Clem. To Clem, absolutely. The boss said it. The boss said it. The boss man. The boss man. Um, and also, just uh, just be finally, we be finally before Andy sings us <laughs> out. Um, another shout out to uh, Tom Lockwood. Check out his Facebook page, Trainers Reborn which is a trainer re- restoration service and check them out on Facebook, Tom Lockwood. And uh, thanks to everyone for watching. Andy, it's an absolute pleasure, my friend. As always, um, mate. Loved we'll it. record, we'll record a full version of you singing it to pull it out now in a minute, but yeah. uh, singing us out episode number 36 of the Andy Campbell championship show is Andy Campbell. Fast car, I'm gonna dance together. We will get you. Maybe together we can get somewhere. Any place is better. Started from zero, got nothing to prove. Maybe we'll make something. Be myself, I got nothing to lose. I'm just gonna leave it playing. Fast car. I'm gonna plan to get us out here, been working havoc in Kingston. It's Andy Campbell! It's in! Campbell comes off the bench to be a hero! A superhero! Breakthrough! It's taken a while, but it's been worth the wait for Carnage City! 
underneath and he could give sense, but he's gotta take care of him. Think that's what I did. Can't end it. <laughs> My screen's frozen. He will make a decision. People love to die this way. <laughs> So remember we were driving, driving in your car, speed so fast, I felt like I was drunk. See that see around the ball, see around the night, tell around my car and I have feeling that I belong. I and a feeling I can be someone, be someone, be someone. Fast car, fun to make ourselves do the job. Working lovely to check out board, then the things get better. Till the now get promoted, till now the shelter, and still can live in the suburb. Sports Social Podcast Network.